if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday edition of the Authority. It is the second morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Well, it's all over now. The President of the United States has a mild case of a virus with a 99.5% recovery rate. Oh, Lordy, stop the presses. It's all over now. Stop the confirmation hearing in its tracks. As a matter of fact, don't have the election either. Just declare him medically unfit and appoint Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as the new president and vice president of the United States immediately. That seems to be the sentiment of the blue check mark left on social media. That seems to be the story from the mainstream media, along with, of course, plenty of well wishes for the president and the first lady's deaths. Quite literally, they are wishing and they are praying and they are hoping and that they are celebrating that the president of the United States and the first lady, Melania Trump, die quickly and expeditiously of their positive COVID-19 diagnosis. That is where we are in October of 2020. Thanks for being with us this morning. We're going to dissect this in just about every way that we can coming up this morning with a couple of very important people. At 935, I have reached left. And I don't mean on the ideological scale. I mean on the geographical map. We're going left as in westward to Los Angeles. And Kurt Schlichter, with whom we have not spoken in a bit about this presidential race, Kurt Schlichter, of course, is a senior columnist at townhall.com and a best-selling author, as well as being a retired U.S. Army colonel and a, uh, and a uh, trial lawyer. But Kurt Schlichter is going to be joining us in about a half an hour, a little less than that now, at 9.35, with his analysis of the president's diagnosis and, yes, the left's celebration, their glee and their wish that this becomes fatal that President Trump become, becomes one of the statistically few individuals to be diagnosed with COVID-19 and who succumbs to it. 
Then at 10.10, we go to the medical side of things. Dr. John Davidson will be joining us from University Hospitals and Case Western Reserve University. Dr. Davidson is going to talk to us also about what this means, particularly with somebody the president's age. And look, I don't want to be so flippant about all of this that I don't acknowledge the realities. What have we said about the Chinese coronavirus uh, since the beginning of all of this? We have said that it is very, 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 very unlikely to kill people who are not of advanced age and have comorbidities. In other words, other health conditions that make it a little bit more difficult for the body to fight off. And, of course, we've been right this entire time. That's why there is a 99.5% recovery rate from those who get COVID-19. But the president does have a couple of those conditions being in his 70s, early 70s still, uh, but being 73 years old and uh, having a couple of conditions. I heard Dr. Siegel this morning discuss, no, I'm sorry, Dr. Oz was on Fox and Friends. Dr. Siegel was as well, but I think it was Dr. Oz who pointed out that the president is about six foot three, 244 pounds, and by medical standards, he is classified as obese. Now, I don't think anybody would look at Donald Trump and think, man, that dude's just a whale. That guy's just morbidly obese. But medically, according to the standards, he would be classified as obese just simply by BMI, the body mass index. He's 6'3", he's 244, and he should be less than that. Okay, great. But I will tell you this. Aside from those two obvious um, health conditions of his, being his being you know being 73 years of age and being you know 244 pounds i defy you to find anybody who looks and acts and sounds healthier given those conditions than Donald J Trump in fact i have commented on this numerous times during this campaign election cycle um and actually really and more so in the last month since the president hit the road again um, holding rallies, holding campaign events in state after state after state, oftentimes two and three a day. Seriously, he did it in Ohio. This is how we know he did it in Ohio. He had two stops in one day just about a week and a half ago um, in the state of Ohio and, and rallies down by Dayton, then in Swanton, and he's just an absolute machine it's like he's a cyborg somebody tweeted about president trump and his stamina and his work ethic i can't even remember who it was or even what day it was this might sound a little silly to point out but but i i'm pointing it out because it made me think and and maybe it will you too it was a picture of him getting off of air force one for yet another stop after i and i think it was like early morning because it was after two more campaign events the day before, not to mention press conferences and so on and so forth. And whoever it was uh, tweeted the picture. And again, I got off of Twitter, but I still see certain tweets because they are posted in other places. And the picture of uh, the president getting off of Air Force One was accompanied by a simple, uh, two simple sentences. I know the president sleeps, but when? 
And, you know, I thought about I, I hadn't really considered it that way. I knew we've talked about his legendary stamina, his ability to just go from here to there to everywhere. The, it's just crazy, the schedule he keeps. Even when, you know, he wasn't in campaign mode, his schedule is still insane. And by the way, that's what I love. And by love, of course, I mean loathe about the blue check mark left. They like to claim that Donald Trump, even Biden said this in the uh, disaster of a debate Tuesday night, talked about Trump being in a sand trap. Why don't you come out of that sand bunker? I thought it was hilarious because he's the one who's been in this bunker ever since COVID hit uh, the nation. But anyway, he said, you know, you're, you know, while, while the world is doing this, that or the other, you're, you're in your bunker, meaning the sand bunker, meaning the sand trap at the uh, golf course. And they're talking about how much Donald Trump golfs or has golfed in his presidency. The few times that he takes a break from the extraordinary breakneck speed work schedule that he keeps, he chooses to spend it on the golf course, and they choose to make that the story. That is the norm, that he's on the golf course all the time, and he occasionally comes out of the uh, clubhouse or off of the green to do a little bit of work. And it's just completely the opposite. His work schedule is unreal, and in particular since... Um, you know, full-time campaigning and going state to state and rally to rally, visit to visit, etc. And it just dawned on me when somebody said online, said, I know he sleeps, but when? My only answer has got to be on Air Force One. Because he's not home enough to sleep and rest. And when he is in D.C., what's he doing? He's being the most transparent president in American history, holding more press conferences, Answering more questions. Taking people through the latest uh, coronavirus task force news and information. Not to mention, of course, having uh, campaign events and rallies. When he is in Washington, D.C., he is just, again, indomitable in terms of his schedule and his spirit and his work ethic. I don't know where the stamina comes from. I swear to you, if you cut him open, you're going to see circuitry. It, it, he's like a cyborg. He's just, it, you know, it's, it's like the Terminator movie. Uh, legitimately, he just will not stop going. And so here he is now, a man who is 73, who is diagnosed medically speaking, even though he doesn't appear that way, as being obese for his height and his weight. He's 6'3", about 245, which, by the way, again, I think he looks great. Hope when I'm 73, I can look that good. But uh, here's President Trump, who is at a significant risk in terms of the COVID-19 vulnerability uh, categories, but I don't think he is an average 73-year-old, 244-pound man. I think he's an absolutely physically fit machine, and I don't think this is going to be something that slows him down at all. Now, will he have to go into Joe Biden mode, and meaning he's, he's going to have to be in isolation? When I say Joe Biden mode, Joe's was, of course, by choice. President Trump's will be because he is diagnosed positive with uh, the Chinese coronavirus. So he'll go into 10 days of isolation, and he'll need two negative tests in a row in order to get out of that isolation. That's the standard CDC guidance, and it's the standard uh, that most of the medical profession is saying, uh, that this is what we do. Um But what I really want to focus on, in addition to, I think, the president's health being superior, despite what I just said, because of his stamina and his appearances, 
I don't think he's going to slow down at all. He will be in isolation, but he will still have Zooms, and he will still have rallies, probably. He'll get people fired up just to come in and do webinars from his isolation chamber in the White House. Uh, He's not going to stop because he's just that driven and just that strong and with just that much stamina. So I truly think that um, that President Trump is going to continue to roll right through this. Now, so I focus on that. I focus on the left and their hatred and their celebration of illness and their wishing of death upon President Trump and the First Lady. And then I want to focus on one other thing. The left trying to use the illness of Donald Trump as some sort of an indication that, see, we told you coronavirus was worse than you thought it was. And to that, I just want to say, what? You think that one 73-year-old man's contracting of a mild case of a coronavirus with a 99.5% recovery rate means that the virus is worse than it was? He's one person. He engages in public settings with countless numbers of people every day. He ha- he's one man among millions who have gotten the coronavirus. The only thing that this says, the only thing that this shows or proves, is that the virus is as contagious as we feared that it was. It is. It is very contagious. It is very easy to catch. And masks aren't stopping it. Because tons of people in tons of settings following masking and six feet uh, uh, social uh, anti-social distance guidelines are also getting this virus. It is far more contagious than we wished it was or that we thought it was. But what we have also found out by the rate of hospitalizations, which continue to plummet, even as the number of cases skyrocket, is that it's also not as dangerous. You are far less likely to be need to be hospitalized. You are far less likely to succumb to the Chinese coronavirus than they ever told us or thought it would be at the beginning. Yes, it's very contagious. No, it is not especially lethal. 99.5%, again, uh, recovery rate. And of those who do suffer the, the loss of life in this terrible, terrible way, those individuals generally have those higher-risk vulnerabilities that we talked about. Risks that, yes, the, the president does share, but I think risks that will impact and affect him a lot less than others because of his actual state of health. And I think it should also be pointed out, it's pretty important, in fact, that a positive test for the Chinese coronavirus or the Wuhan coronavirus does not mean you're going to be sick. The president very well may be completely asymptomatic or have mild symptoms because this is how it impacts the overwhelming vast majority of people who get it. And because he, it does not guarantee or it does not mean that he is necessarily sick, it might not even mean that he himself is contagious. We have seen countless examples And even the CDC was forced to admit that as many as 90% of the positive tests 
were not contagious at the time of the positive test. That the super hypersensitivity of the tests can detect even old, even antibodies and old particles of coronavirus left over from a time when someone did get sick and didn't know it because they were asymptomatic. In other words, what does this test really prove? What does it show? We don't know. But the left means it proves that coronavirus is more evil and more insidious than we thought, and Donald Trump getting it is poetic justice because he downplayed it back in March. These people are sick, and these people are stupid. And the real question is, is which one is more pervasive? Their sickness, mental and psychological and deranged sickness, or their stupidity? 216-901-0945, You want to react? Let's do it together on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Just taking a look at the call screen. Uh, looks like somebody called and said Trump is 74. So happy birthday, Mr. President. He had one that I wasn't aware of, so my bad. I've been saying 73. So he had one without my knowledge. Uh, the story remains the same. Let me go to Sally. who's calling us from uh, Berea on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Sally. Good morning. Um, Sally, can you hear me? Risk- yes. Uh, as a former okay, resident ahead. of Lakewood, for 49 years, mm-hmm. I was horrified to hear how a fun-loving event of a football game last week was turned into a platform to preach, quote, social justice and guilt attendees into promoting Black Lives Matter by the school administration. If I still resided there, I would have voiced my displeasure to both the Board of Education and City Council. But I hope it was a wake-up call to citizens to take action to block the influence of the 1619 Project at the State Board of Education and for local citizens to do a comprehensive review of the curriculums at the local school levels. Um, We must tirelessly control what our children are being taught and take back our schools before it's too late. And I, as a retired social worker, I have been an advocate for persons of all races and religions, so I refuse to be labeled as a racist simply because of my white skin, according to the concept of white privilege. And that's all. Sally, I could not have said it better. Uh, you're a thousand percent right, and I thank you for your phone call. Um, and for those who don't know what I'm ta- or what she's talking about and uh, what I have been talking about, it, it dates back a week ago to last Friday at Lakewood High School at their uh, high school football game, uh, the playing of an extraordinary message, an extraordinary message before the national anthem, a message of American racism, a message of the oppression of people of color at the hands of people who are of, uh, of light skin, uh, the names of individuals who have lost their lives in encounters with police of some sort or another. It was extraordinary. It became a massive, massive story when I played an actual recording of it on the radio, and it took off in a lot of other places, and so much so that the, I can tell you this. As of yesterday, as of yesterday, I have learned through sources that the Lakewood Police Department 
is refusing to work and provide security at any more Lakewood High School football games until a full and complete apology is given. Now, I have also learned as of late yesterday that a quote-unquote compromise of sorts has been offered by the school, the school superintendent, and by even the mayor of Lakewood. Their compromise is a new script that doesn't specifically name individuals who were killed in encounters with police, but still pushes the same social justice message on a captive audience that is there for a football game, not for a political rally or for a a symposium on race relations. They're there for a football game. I'll share this later on the program, but I've got to get to our news now. And then we're going to talk to Kurt Schlichter from L.A. But uh, this script does nothing, nothing to undo the damage that was done to them last week. So believe me, there'll be more on that story coming up a little bit later in the program. For now, we're going to get news, and we're going to talk to talk to uh, Kurt Schlichter about President Trump's diagnosis, along with uh, uh, White House aide Hope Hicks, as well as First Lady Melania Trump, with uh, coronavirus and what it means going forward. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. <laughs> Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is, it is every bit of that. 935, thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. Going to do the medical thing at 1010 this morning. Dr. John Davidson from University Hospitals and Case Western Reserve University will talk about the president's diagnosis and what that means going forward from from the president's standpoint and others. But now let's do the political thing. And uh, joining us from Los Angeles now, our good friend Kurt Schlichter. He is a senior columnist at townhall.com. He is a best-selling author. He is a uh, retired, uh, or excuse me, a retired Army colonel, and he is a trial lawyer out there in L.A. as well. Kurt, always good to talk to you here in Cleveland. How are you, good sir? Oh, I'm I, I'm amazed that uh, it took this long for Trump to get COVID <laughs> because it's 2020. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was kind of talking about that last segment, Kurt. Uh, you know, when when you think about how many people he engages every day, whether it be world leaders while he's signing, uh, uh, you know, historic peace agreements in the Middle East, or whether it's at a campaign rally, or whether it's at a debate setting, or whether it's at one of his countless numbers of press conferences as he answers countless numbers of questions as he remains the most transparent president in U.S. history. I agree with you. I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Yeah, I mean, Robert O'Brien, his natural security advisor, uh, caught it. So, yeah, uh, and uh, so it should be—it should not be a surprise at all. This guy, look, it, it, and here's the thing: we'll get to the left's reaction on this in a second, Kurt, which is where I really want to hear from you. Um, but, but from the standpoint of the virus, we have always known. No one has doubted its contagiousness. Nobody has talked about how infectious it is, or excuse me, denied talking about how infectious it is. We have known that. In fact, the fact that cases continue to expand and rise um, is expected. But what isn't talked about enough is the fact that it still has a 99.5% recovery rate. It is very contagious. It is not very lethal in the, in the big picture. It is also not putting people in hospitals in anywhere near the rate that they thought that it would. Remember when we started taking... Yep. 
hospital ships and bringing them up to the uh, to the harbor there in New York and New Jersey and and out on the West Coast. So yeah, it's contagious. All this does is confirm that anybody, really anywhere, can catch it. But it is not as as horrific as people have made it out to be. Well, I think Trump's going to be fine. He's going to get the the, the best medical care. But that's right. You know, a substantial number of people don't even really have much in the way of symptoms. Right. He's tested positive. He feels fine, as far as we know right now. Great. Um, I think uh, uh, I, I, ha- I have no doubt he's going to come through with this fine. I think uh, politically this, of course, uh, throws everything into chaos. But, gee, guess who's the more flexible guy who survives in chaos? It's not yeah. the guy who needs the routine where he starts with his mush, he watches some matlock, <laughs> he calls a lid, uh, rinse, repeat. <laughs> um, when you say politically it throws things into chaos, why? Why does it have to do that? Well, because it, it, in my it, mind, it, in my mind, he's he's going to keep going. He's going to keep doing what he does. It's just going to be from an isolation. It'll be on screen for ten days, kind of what Joe Biden's entire campaign has been. So I don't think it's going to kill his work ethic. I don't oh, think it's no, going to no, change no. a whole oh, lot of anything he, politically. Oh, this is good for him. This is this is good for Trump. He he's going to be able to exploit this, and there's no one better suited. The minute he got his COVID thing, he started thinking because this guy's a communicator and a showman. All right, how do I maximize this? So now there's high drama. What's everybody want to know today, Bob? How's the president doing? What don't they want to know? What he said about dead Marines in France? What his taxes say? Whether it, you know whether the fifty-two dudes who were in the Proud Boys present a peril to the republic that he has insufficiently repudiated by only doing that four hundred times—that's all gone. America's sitting forward, going, "Gosh, is the president going to be okay?" Now we got we got the leftists, uh, you know, doing their little uh, idiot war dance around the fire uh, about you know hoping Trump dies. That's that that's just gravy. Because and his wife, by the way, and like his idiots. wife, and his wife. The blue check oh, marks yeah. are all over. I hope they both die. They cannot wish oh, any I, stronger I, for look, that to happen. Look, I, I, first of all, it, this allows the left. The left keeps slipping off the leash. That's what the riots were. You're not supposed to do that. You're going to scare the suburban folks. They have converted Trump from the big, mean bully to the guy you know most normal people are kind of rooting for. And of course, you know, uh, you know, Biden. Uh, Biden, of course, even put out the most uh, clenched teeth uh, uh, tweet of all time. Yes, I hope he gets back to her. They've got to put up appearances, but their own left won't let them because their own left legit hates Trump and therefore us and wants us dead. Oh, Kurt, you're crazy. No, Kurt is just listening. Well, let's look at some of that left. Um, Kurt, Kurt Schlichter is our guest on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's look at some of the left and, uh, uh, you know, the propaganda machine, including the New York Times, and especially right now the New York Times. The New York Times has tweeted and is openly wondering, Curtis Hauka uh, actually uh, found this, the New York Times, uh, Maggie Haberman and Peter Baker wrote for the Times Quote, if he becomes sick, it could raise questions about whether or not he should remain on the ballot at all. 
They are trying to get him to remove himself from the ballot because of his health and to concede the election to Joe Biden before it even happens. This is what the New York Times is doing. Cheering for the president to get sick and not be able to run for re-election. And Donald Trump is giggling about it. Because what happens when he, like 99% of other people, comes comes through this A-OK and stronger than ever, I have beat the virus, I'm a hero, and they look like idiots yet again. Let me ask you this, though, about that, about his recovery, Kurt, because, um, you know, you said 99.5% other people come through it. But not this is the, the part where we have to look at it from a medical standpoint. He is in his 70s, he's 74 years old, and he does have a comorbidity, obesity, and I, he, nobody would look at him and say, that guy looks obese, but by the BMI charts, he's 6'3", about yeah. 244, uh, so they, they call him obese, and he is in his in his 70s, so he is in the higher vulnerability ranges that aren't and, recovering at a 99.5% rate, so and, that is what the people are going to point to as saying it's a danger, go ahead. Well, it, it is a danger, but you know, so's, uh, you know, so's walking to the 7-Eleven. The the simple fact is this guy is going to get the best medical care of any human being ever. And, you know, who knows what, you know, he's probably already getting rendesivir or whatever that drug is. Uh, I I would assume he's taking hydrochloroquine. This guy, he's going to be fine. Now, oh, yeah, there's an off chance he's not. Okay. But it, it, it is super unlikely. You've got to go with well, the general. Not only, is, not only is it super unlikely because just, you know, of the medical care he's going to get, uh, Kurt Schlichter, but I, I was talking about this in my open this morning. Um, I, I don't care if they list him as obese, and I don't care that he's 74. Have you ever seen a more a more Terminator-esque oh, no, um, no. cyborg of, of, of stamina? I, 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 I can't imagine somebody half his age carrying and keeping the schedule that he does city to city meeting to meeting press conference to press conference briefing to briefing interview to interview city to city rally to rally eh, stop over and fix the middle east in the meantime get three nobel peace prize nominations and continue i i mean somebody said on twitter or facebook or whatever it was the other day i know he has to sleep but when i i, I mean, i've never seen anybody with his stamina before so his health is not of that of a normal 74 year old who's no, no, he classified isn't. as obese no, no you're no you're absolutely correct if there's anybody look if there is anybody in the united states of his age who is set up to beat this it is him in his personal uh, uh both personally and in his situation so i i am literally not worried in fact i doubt he will show much in the way of symptoms at all that's just now, my, let, my God. Now, of course, I'm you I, know I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a lawyer. But that never stopped me from opining before. Um, well, but no, but you know what? It's a really good point because a lot of people uh, get this and have no symptoms whatsoever. Yep. And as a matter of fact, let's let's not forget. About a month ago, the CDC ac- accidentally, I think, released something when they said that perhaps nine in ten of the people testing positive for this virus are not even contagious at the time of their positive test because the test is so uh, so uh, uh, incredibly. Uh, 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 What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's so precise that it, yes, yeah, sensitive. Thank you. That's exactly the word. Good job, attorney. Yeah, um, well, look, it's so sensitive that it's picking up antibodies or past or particles from past uh, a past illness where they had it, never were symptomatic, and never even knew. They're not sick now, but they're getting a positive test because of the sensitivity of that test. 
Yeah, we we don't look. We know he's been exposed to it. We don't know what it means, uh, and 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 no one knows what it means. Look, Trump's already got his plans. He now controls the agenda. All right, before he had one agenda. He had to go out and talk to the press a lot, and he had to go to rallies. And if he cut back on any of that, that would become a story. And basically, he was sitting there reacting to lies about you know white supremacy and all the other stuff. That's all gone. He now controls access to himself. He now has a wider range of options. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is now in the spotlight because he doesn't have COVID. So now you've got to start asking why he's not going out and doing things and why he's not answering questions like, oh, you're going to pack the Supreme Court? His advisors, you know, Biden's, Biden's eating oatmeal in the corner watching Matlock, so it's his advisors. They've got to be concerned right now because they don't know what's going to happen next. They don't know how Trump's going to play it. Suddenly, this whole thing has become upended to them. They had a glide path uh, uh, to um, uh, the election. Now, obviously, I, I, I think it's a given that the next uh, debate is off. And we're not going to see the one yeah. on the 15th. Um, yeah, probably not. It, and that, that may be a good thing, to be Trump? honest with you. Well, I, I don't I, look. I, I, I still think Trump uh, slightly won the last one, and I think uh, I think he reached out to people, uh, uh, not not the pundit class, but folks who typically uh, don't engage in politics and and don't mind uh, a little bit of yelling and shouting. Uh, you know, they should come out yeah, dinner with not... the Cuban in laws and see how things. I got go. ahead. <laughs> I got a headache when I was watching that, and I, I don't wish to see that type of thing again. Well, I don't think anybody hmm? wants to. Look, I didn't even want, I had to. I, you know, I was on town hall uh, doing live coverage. Um, sure. But, uh, I, and I don't think it hurts Trump not to do another, but now now he's got kind of an excuse to. Here's the thing. We found out Joe Biden can get you know pumped up on enough drugs to... Uh, stay upright, and of course you got Chris Wallace for whenever he stumbles. And of course the next guy has, you know, people have looked into it and found all these tweets where he's going, "No, not Trump, not ever," you know. And it's like, mm, don't you yeah. guys bet your fake moderators? But uh, so Trump doesn't lose anything by not going, but now he doesn't have to pull out. And Biden, you know, he's he, what's Biden's strategy now? How how do you react to a guy who's getting sympathy? Well, he's just going to probably coast and hope that his lead holds. Uh, you know, what else can he do at this point? Um, I'm not but, even but sure I do he want to ask about the ramifications of other things going on right now, of the president's um, uh, isolation. We're talking to Kurt Schlichter, by the way, senior columnist at townhall.com, uh, talk show host as well, best-selling author. Kurt, um, Amy Coney Barrett has been close to the president during this period of time of, you know, what might, what one might consider the contagious period. Uh, and she's up for a confirmation hearing to start on September, or excuse me, October 12th. If, um, she is diagnosed with COVID, how does this impact the confirmation process, do you think? Uh, she doesn't have a ventilator shoved down her throat. She's going to go do it, and she might. So, so Lindsey Graham says, "Oh, we do it by Zoom," which Lindsay... of course destroys the Democrats because it's hard to showboat on that platform. Right, you're right uh, about that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. If, if she's it, look, if she's not, you know, getting uh, 
uh, you know, literally in a hospital bed, she's going to be ready. And, and, and now I won't put by Lindsey Graham to make some dumb choice because he's kind of a strange cat. But um, my thought is, boy, we, we, we you know, we'll, we'll just do it by Zoom. And of course, they'll scream and yell and say we have to delay it. No, she's not going to delay it. I'm not going to delay it. See at the uh, hearing or not. Aside from the sickness part, or I shouldn't say even say that, we have no idea. I mean, everybody who's been around the president and around Hope Hicks is going to be tested, obviously, uh, because of this. Uh, yeah, they're we tested should point every out that day. Mike Pence, that's right. Uh, Mike Pence and the first, or second lady, rather, have both uh, tested negative uh, in their most recent test since this development. So everybody will be tested. But aside from the potential for sickness and contagiousness uh, amongst those in the highest level of the government, what is your opinion, Kurt, because I know you have one probably stronger than most, about the way Amy Coney Barrett has already been treated, even before her name was announced, even before the services for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the attacks on her Catholicism and the attacks on her as a woman, a, a mother who can't possibly raise seven kids and handle the rigors of the Supreme Court because she's going to have to neglect one or the other. So she certainly shouldn't be the right person for this job. Well, look, they're, they're, they're tacky, and I think they're dumb. I think they're. Uh, I think these attacks are likely to backfire. The only. Uh, the only thing that they uh, look. The only people who like, uh, who who are eager to hear attacks on Amy Comey Barrett because she's got a bunch of kids are the kind of uh, frigid, barren, white wine women of the suburbs who walk around the Starbucks with copies of White Fragility. Okay, this is not a demographic that Donald Trump was going to go for anyway. Normal women are like, oh, that's pretty neat. She's kind of doing a bunch of stuff. You know, I I get it. And she seems like a nice lady. I wish they'd stop picking on her. And I I, I, I mean, look, it's like the riots. It's like the, great, he's going to die. Blue checks on Twitter. You know, a lot of these people don't understand that outside their uh, little circle of idiots, they're they're just repellent to normal people. I have the one thing I have noticed is for the last week I've barely heard anything about her. You know, we're 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 being bombarded by these other things, which are now completely wiped off the front page. Uh, another advantage to Trump, and um, you know, I I think she's actually going to slip through with a lot less resistance than we thought. Or at least there's a possibility that she will, just because there's so much else going on. Well, plus they know that they can't stop her anyway. What's the point of resisting when they don't have anywhere near the votes? Because when you get Romney saying, I'm in, and when you get Murkowski flipping and saying, I'm in, and so forth, Gardner uh, has said it, uh, you know, uh, there's no chance of stopping it. So their only chance is the threat of retaliation. And while Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi scream it, we're going to make Puerto Rico a state, we're going to make D.C. a state, we're going to make American Samoa a state, we're going to pack the courts, Biden won't admit to any of that or even won't, won't, won't answer any of that, neither will Harris. They'll say, well, we'll let you know what we do when we get elected. Yeah, and of course the media is uh, more than happy uh, to play along with that, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how long that lasts. Uh, and uh, I, I, and it, it's certainly the, the threat of retaliation. See, they don't understand how threat work threats work, Bob. When you tell somebody you're going to do something to them, and then the person responds by doing something else, and then you reiterate the same thing, it, it's mm-hmm. not a threat anymore because you already made it. 
If you're already yeah. going to do something, it's not a threat. By the way, Kurt, before you check out here, my friend, uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, former White House physician, has uh, said there absolutely will be an October 15 debate. That That is 13 days from now. President Trump is only going to have to isolate for 10 days. And Dr. Ronnie Jackson says because he is asymptomatic, he will absolutely be ready to go on October 15th. And you know what? Oh, well, then, then that's Biden's the going to pull out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, be I, very I well say, made. Well, I'm not going to risk it. He's, you know, trying but do to you know how it. strong that's going to make President Trump look as well? That that yes. that would be and phenomenal. so does Trump. Yep, and by absolutely. the way, when the stock market goes down today because of all these chickens, buy, yeah. buy, buy. Yeah, and it is. It's plummeting from the opening bell, no doubt about it. And that's you're right. It's a great time. This is exactly how it's supposed to work. You buy, buy like crazy right now, and you're going to make a mint. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, tremendous job, senior columnist at Townhall.com, and more. Thanks so much, my friend. Thanks. Adios. 9.53. We'll come right back after this. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's a short segment before the top of the hour. Let's get a call or two here. Wendell in Parma wants to talk about President Trump and his COVID diagnosis. Hi, Wendell. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've been anxious uh, to get with you here. I'm trying to kind of gather up my broken heart, uh, found out this morning, obviously the bad news. Um, just trying to about, go about my day, went shopping and um, kind of broke my rule that I have here at home since the pandemic with the family. We're all like many Americans are social people, but get in, get out, you know, just respect uh, everybody else's distances. And um, today, like I said, I broke the rule and there was a couple uh, at the deli counter, and uh, me and the gentleman started up a conversation about a recipe of all things, and uh, it was real cordial. I, mean, I was like, boy, this feels like it used to. I mean, like I said, I've been hunkering down all these months and real strict with the family about going out and, you know, doing these sort of things, So, I, but I, it made me feel normal again, and um, unfortunately, uh, the wife uh, of the gentleman came up and she said, are you talking about uh, what the news, the big news? And I, I said, no, I, we weren't, we were talking about a recipe. And she says, oh, isn't that such great news? And she put her hands together like to pray and she looked up at the ceiling and I'm like, she, she started clapping her hands and she says, thank God. And it just broke my heart. I, I, I was totally dumbfounded. I, I, you know, and I'm I'm a social guy. I just like, boy, for the for one time, I feel normal, and that's the conversation. You know how that turned into. The gentleman looked at me, and he just gave me, you know, the look. You know, and just I I I couldn't believe it. Um, the other part, it's just a two comment. Well, let, um, let, let, let I, me jump in here, Wendell, because I'm short on time. I've got to get to the news, and I appreciate your phone call. There was a lot to unpack in that already. First of all, the wife's reaction, and second of all, your uh, ability and willingness to feel normal. Be normal. Wendell, be normal. It's the best advice I can give you. You and your family, be normal. That's what the president wants you to do. That's what uh, 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 so many others want you to do, too. It is not normal to be hunkered down for months and months and months. It is leading people to depression. It is leading people to anxiety. It is leading people to drugs and alcohol. It is leading people to suicide. Don't put yourself in positions like that. Be normal. Live your life. America needs to be open. That does not change because President Trump was diagnosed with something that so many millions of other people are being diagnosed by uh, being diagnosed with. And remember, 99.5% recovery rate. President's going to be fine. First Lady's going to be fine. 
And uh, you know what? Despite the disgusting display by the wife of the gentleman you were talking to, m- millions and millions and millions of Americans want President Trump to be fine as well. Don't let that hurt your heart. Thanks for the call, my friend. We'll be right back. 